Hi, welcome to 40 Prey, a podcast by a couple of 30-something dudes whose adult lives and responsibilities have not yet eclipsed their zeal for stupid nerdy shit. From 40K to video games to D&D, professional wrestling to Target Super Centers. Love them. If it's your fandom, we your tandem. How you doing? I'm Tommy, Tommy Bones. This is, uh, as always, Ben Elisti. Hey, man. Boy, it's been a couple weeks since we last made a video, and nothing big happened in that time. No, super, super boring life the past few weeks. Yeah. Um, of course, that is patently false. You had your, <laughs> your second child. Congratulations. Yeah, that's exciting. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've yeah. seen pictures. I was actually, if you saw me looking down at the store, I was forwarding them to my family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, we'll see how she turns out so uh, far so good so, so you, you have a son who's now a little under three yeah two years almost nine months and now you have a, a infant daughter just just born mm-hmm. um, she, I think you need 0.5 more kids and then you're, you've lived the American dream we have a dog just need the white picket fence you don't have a white picket fence no working on that one still well well, i don't have any children or a fence uh but you know what i do have opinions okay (laughs) i was like i was kind of wondering like that was a rhetorical question at first and i was like i wonder what tom's gonna say what do i have (laughs) chronic diseases way too much uh unhealthy uh, habits. I'm just gonna throw it to you. <laughs> Deep-seated uh, abandonment issues. Go on. The list just keeps going. IBS. I probably. <laughs> if not now, then soon. I'm sure. <laughs> um, we got a big controversial topic today. Yes. What are we talking about? We're talking. <laughs> <laughs> you, you forgot, didn't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's March Madness. <laughs> March Madness. It, it, hold on, let me. I actually did did a decent amount of prep for this in September. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs> the Primark March Madness malarkey shenanigans in Microsoft PowerPoint. <laughs> that is, I stole a lot of pictures off the internet. If if somebody out there, if you're watching this, and one mm-hmm. of these is your art, please let us know. I'll give you credit <laughs> we, for it. We will credit you. Check out check out this fulgrim. I thought that was a pretty oh it's very grainy, my bad. Mm. Pretty sweet yeah. fulgrim. Yeah. Much better than the official pictures. <laughs> you know, Dorn does not have a mustache, which is a yeah. bummer. So let's just uh, say right now these matchups were randomly decided. That's right. Absolutely. Um and then obviously there was an uneven amount, so we had to also decided on a r- randomly chosen. Pre-round. Um, bracket, I guess. Yes. That's exactly right, Tom. And I, I really liked, you and I were trying to figure this out because in <laughs> order for this to work, you kind of have to have uh, divisible by four, essentially. Yeah. 18 and is not a great number. No. So so we, we, we're going to give this, like, we called it the like the wild card round, taking hockey cues. <laughs> the, the folks chosen for the wild card round were also chosen by a random. So I had a random number generator set up these matches. Uh, 
look, this is going to be highly subjective. Tom, I've, I did a little bit of homework and I read a whole bunch of Reddit threads and, and fan uh, debates on various comment sections. This is our opinion. This is just uh, our opinion. I did not because I have a newborn, but I did, <laughs> I did do I research what I could. So I have some opinions. Well, okay. Also, my research was like 10 minutes. <laughs> I did 10 minutes of research. Okay. But purely subjective. It's a March Madness bracket kind of thing. By the way, for those international or our friend in Brazil, March Madness is a U.S. <laughs> tradition where every March, all universities uh, that, that have a basketball team of a certain caliber that gets into this uh, 64 team tournament. Uh, is it 32? I think it's 32, actually. Anyway, there's a huge yeah. tournament with 32 teams, uh, much like this, and you, uh, it's practice. Boy, and my, my adult braces are totally making me lisp, too. This is a great... I'm drinking apple juice out of a, out of a little carton. My God, mm -hmm. what is my life? You have two children, and I'm drinking a, a Mott's apple juice juice box at age 30, 35. Anyway, self-loathing aside, um, it's a tradition. You make a bracket where you, where you predict the winners of each round, and whoever gets closest, usually there's money and, and some gambling involved. There's no gambling involved here. This is just us with some random... Random match-offs to see who's going to win. Yeah. <sighs> Look, get, take it all in. Let's, Tom, what do you think? Should we start with, uh, let's call the, this side, uh, we have the left half of my page. We'll make the yeah. west. The other, the other side's <laughs> going to be the east. On the west, yeah. our first wild card spot, the preliminary round is Conrad Kurz of the Night, Haunt, uh, Night Lords, a.k.a. Night Haunter, versus yeah. Lorgar Aurelian, the Urizen of the word bearer 17th legion who do you got for this one tom uh i like lorgar for this one really yeah i don't know why i said it so incredulous it's not that <laughs> go on yeah uh and i think this goes a little bit to what we were talking about uh how you were saying how weak lorgar is uh but you know he's a primarch you know and i think Maybe physically in the material plane, yes, he's not the strongest Primarch, but his warp presence uh, is very strong. And uh, I think Kurz would have a little too much baggage. Maybe he'll feel like uh, he deserves to lose uh, and won't really put uh, so much effort into it. But uh, yeah, I like Lorgar for this. So I, ugh, boy, this is tough. Uh, I, I disagree. And, yeah. and, here, and here's why. Uh, Lorgar. Well, actually, you know, there's a good point. I think in the the rules, and we should be specific about this too. There are stat lines for these guys in 30k that uh, in the game where you can actually have them play off against each other. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're not going by those rules. This is just purely based on observations from the fluff and gut instinct based on what we've seen in the lore. Uh, our opinions and our opinions. So, uh, I've seen some lists online that I flagrantly disagree with. Not sure flagrantly is the right ad adverb there, but whatever. I know what you mean. Um, but we also should specify in, in 30K, there are rules, for example, for Horus, before and after he becomes the embodiment and, and is empowered by chaos. Mm -hmm. Likewise, with Lorgar, there's kind of a before and after he becomes demonically uh, infused. Uh, another one we should specify is like Magnus, if you count his psychic powers. So Yeah, so, so this is a good uh, time to bring this up. Um, what is the time frame we're working with here? 30K, like pre, like 
time of the heresy? I, I think we should look at it holistically. Okay. So, so, I mean, it becomes a little hard. So for example, with Horus, if he's demon powered, he's gonna mm -hmm. win. Yeah. So I think with Horus, we should probably consider like pre-demon powered. Because uh, Lorgar and uh, Korax are awakened. Uh, so they're like obviously super powerful now. I think if we went with now, then like Ferris Manus obviously would not be there. And yeah, yeah, he's dead. So I think I think we should do roughly roughly thirty k, mm -hmm. but we should consider holistically. Like with Lorgar, I'm willing to look at both before and after he gets like demonically strong. Mm -hmm. And the, I would have had Lorgar on this because of that. I agree with you. He's got that that you know reminiscence of his father that resemblance that that's really powerful in the warp the thing is i recently listened and completed uh, unremembered empire which walks through kind of the aftermath of kurs basically torturing vulcan into insanity mm -hmm. right vulcan's a perpetual and once he finds out he keeps torturing him to death and letting him come back and he ends up in lionel johnson's flagship for like a year and Lionel Johnson is unable to kind of take him down. And then he goes to the McCrag and single-handedly fights off uh, Guillemin and Lionel Johnson. And, and then it takes a combined force of like a bunch of soldiers and another perpetual and an insane Vulcan to take him down. So <laughs> it was a really, really OP view of, of Kurz. <laughs> yeah. Before that, I would not have considered him, especially given his roles, much of a combatant. But in that yeah. book, he comes off as a really OP. Okay. So it's kind of a toss-up. I think the other thing we have to take into account, like fluff is really variable. Right. So I think all other indications okay. are Kurz is, is probably in a straight-up fight not the best. He's only really good if he's got like the surprise and the shadows. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's going to, that's a question that's going to come up a few times yeah you know, what are what are the circumstances of the fight yeah um but we can address that so i think did you did you ever watch deadliest warrior yeah so they would run simulations of these hypothetical <laughs> matchups like a ninja and a pirate like, like a thousand times right? exactly let's 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 pretend they're fighting a thousand times in all kinds of different situations okay if that's the case i think i give it to Lorgar too Yeah, probably. Like Kurz is going to win sometimes. Like he's if there's shadow involved, if it's night, yeah. If he's got the element of surprise, if he can booby trap, like that was another big strength was he was really able to just like create effective booby traps and, and mm -hmm. really screw people that way. But I think yeah. if all else is fair, which it will be at least half the time, Lorgar is a better combat. I think he's a better strategist, which would which uh, helps him out. So. So do you still feel like Lorgar is your choice? I think so. It, it, it is close, though. All right. Then, then I think we, can, we give it to Lorgar. Mm. So check it out. I'm going to use my amazing PowerPoint skills. MS Paint. No, I graduated from <laughs> MS Paint. I, I actually I, we used to do things in MS Paint, right? Like on the, I don't know if we've ever done it on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Lorgar, Lorgar gets in. Wait, now I'm going to put an X. <laughs> on this is great this is great podcasting. <laughs> uh, here i'll just do two lines eh, eh. Eh. all right so so green line 
two two gray lines. This is great <laughs> television. All right, Conrad Curtis is eliminated. If you're yeah. a big Night Night Lord fan, and I know Tom, you are. Yeah, that does hurt, but I I think I think we made the right call. So so now that Curves is out, maybe we'll just take a sec. Is there anyone you think that he would totally just shank that he didn't get? Like if he'd been up against a different prime mark, he would have done well. Uh, I would I would have loved to see Curves versus Corex. That would be a tight, yeah, that'd be a tight showdown. Um, you know, he's he's already, you know, fought Vulcan, so we know how that ends. Uh, yeah. I think I think Kurz versus uh, boy, yeah. I think Vulcan would be an interesting one. I think the Khan, who's also really good at like speed, uh, would mm -hmm. would out Fox him pretty easily. I think he could also like some of the brawlers, like Ferris Manus, yeah, or or maybe even Angron. Like I feel like he could probably outmaneuver them pretty well, like because he's kind of yeah. slippery. Um, but I think you're right against Lorgar. I think Lorgar just, especially I have the picture I have is, is him demonically powered. I think he wins. Yeah. I think anyone's susceptible to mind games. Yeah, that's true. Kurz is really effective if you're psychologically weak. Yeah. So actually maybe like Lehman Ross, who, who we're going to see is, is probably one of the stronger ones in a, in a fight, mm -hmm. seems pretty susceptible to mind games. Yeah. So he might be one that we would see. All right. Feel good about it? Next, that was our scientific uh, AI that evaluated a thousand challenges. Let's go to our other wild card on the east, Mortarion yeah. versus Alpharius. Of course, we've got the the, the plague man of the uh, 14th, the, the death guard, Mr. Mortarion. And we've got Alpharius, one of the twin primarchs, Alpharius Omegon, Omegon, whichever, from the Alpha Legion, the 20th. Yeah. What do you think? I think Mortarian takes this one. I think I think so too. But uh, and we could talk about that. We also have to consider because you mentioned what about like a handicap match where you got Alpharius and Omegon against Mortarian. Yeah. yeah, that would be interesting. Um, if it were the two of them, I think because they're each Primarchs, right? So. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think that would be an unfair fight, and that they would probably beat Mortarion. Yeah, yeah their their rules in thirty k not super impressive. Again, we're not going by those. Uh, right. Both Alpharius, Alpharius, and Omegon are killed. I mean, debatably, right? Alpharius <laughs> maybe possibly get killed awesome. by Dorn, and then Omegon maybe possibly get killed by uh, Guillemin, Guillemin later on. I am Alpharius. I am Alpharius too. So uh, I don't know, man. He's he's the weakest traditionally. Mortarion, for his point, has a really crappy track record. That he does. Like Jagtai Khan totally owned him. Yeah. And just didn't kill him at the last minute, hoping that that would make him reverse his decision to be a traitor. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, do I even need to mention Caldor Drago? He just he went in and carved his initials on his heart, whatever that means. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's canon. Unfortunately. And that was actually after he was a demon Primarch, too. Mm -hmm. um, I think I still go with Mortarian over Alfarian, but I think it's actually sadly close. Yeah. 
uh, which is a shame because I feel like there's a lot more if the fluff was better, Mortarian could be kind of cool, but he's just, mm-hmm. his big claim to fame is he just kind of outlasts you. I think Demon Primarch Mortarian could potentially make it to the finals, but if we're just talking like Primarchs. Yeah. But if that's the case, then wouldn't Kaldor Drago make it to the finals? Yes, Kaldor Drago wins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he can beat all 18 Primarchs at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. Okay. So we, all right, Mortarion advances. He, he makes it past the wild card round, but, but just barely. Uh, now, I do, I will say to, to anybody out there who thinks this isn't fair, I play a Death Guard team. I love the Death Guard. I think they're super cool. Um, you know, this, this can hurt a little bit. <laughs> is is there anyone you think uh mortarian would have done well against uh, has there who who has he faced off just just um just the con i think just the con i mean i'm sure somebody will correct this in the comments maybe yeah um he's he's pretty stout uh, you know uh, one of the hardier primarchs to take down um, so maybe like in a war of attrition, he, he would do better against some. Maybe Kurz, because I feel like Kurz, like his like kind of like bleed him dry wouldn't work on him. Yeah. He just he would just take all the punishment and, and deal out enough because Kurz is, is like a relatively fragile, but he he just is really good at like dodging and weaving. And I just think it wouldn't work against Mortarian. Yeah. All right. Why don't we, uh, let's go back to the West now for our first uh, main round. We're going to skip the Lehman Rest Lorgar because Lorgar needs a rest. <laughs> our first uh, West uh, main bracket round, we've got Angron versus Ferris Manus. Angron versus Ferris Manus. By the way, this is a tight picture of Angron. Right? I don't know who's who this is. or It might be like a bust, but it, looks, it just looks tight. It's a good image. <laughs> I'm a fan. So where are you putting your money on this one? Uh, Angron. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ferris, Ferris is o, o for 1. Yeah. yeah, he didn't do so well uh, in Primarch combat. And Angron is, he's one of the top tier Primarchs, so I don't think, I don't think Ferris really has a chance there. So, so here's the thing about Angron. Again, the fluff really, really varies. So there was, uh, oh man, I think it was a Betrayer. You see him like lifting up uh, <laughs> a, a Warhound Titan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, he gets his butt absolutely whooped as a demon Primarch by Pergarabo. Mm-hmm. Like Pergarabo just beat him. Like fair and square, kind of like predicted what his moves were going to be. Because because Ancron, there's no strategy. It's just like slash, slash, yeah. slash, slash. Um, he, he went in one and one against Lehman Russ and kind of beat him, but Lehman Russ was also trying to make a point. Yeah. You know that story? Yeah. Um, so he had uh, a bunch of space wolves surround him while they fought to kind of show him that he didn't have a connection to his his legion. So, so I feel like Lehman was, was kind of playing him and probably could have killed him if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. But I also like I've just never seen Ferris. Like Ferris isn't that different. Like he's he's pretty. He goes with his 
gut. He's maybe a little bit more strategic, but I, I think it's just going to come down to a slugfest, and I think Angron yeah. wins a slugfest. Yeah. Um, Ferris, would he be really good against anyone? I don't know. Hard, hard to say. But but I think Angron takes this one pretty. I don't think it's going to be like decisive, but I think it's going to be pretty clear. Like I think yeah. I think there'll be some damage done, but these will all be pretty close. I think. Speaking of which, you ready for a really controversial one coming out <laughs> of the East over here? <laughs> we got the two hottest Primarchs going against each other: Fulgrim versus Sanguinius. Yeah. In Thoughts? probably, in probably the closest match I could picture. I mean, Fulgrim is like the master dueler. Yeah. But but depending on the lore, Sanguinius, who I don't think we ever really see like fight a Primarch except for like super-powered Horus. No, yeah, so we only really hear about his ability from other Primarchs. Um, it's such a... It, so Lorgar says that the Khan and Fulgrim are the best swordsmen uh, of all his brothers. Uh, but then there are other Primarchs that say, you know, they, I think the question of whether or not Fulgrim could beat Sanguinius was posed uh, to them and they actually laughed out loud. <laughs> so I don't, it, it seems like everyone has a different opinion. So it, it's hard to make the call. And, and on that note, Horace did say, and I don't have a source, but I remember reading it someplace that Sanguinius was the only other Primarch that he was afraid of. Mm. He was the only one that thought could beat him. Yeah. Now, what about like demonically powered Fulgrim? Does demonically powered Fulgrim stand a chance against Angel Boy? Yes. You know what? I, I think Fulgrim would have an edge uh, even normally uh, because I feel like Sanguinius would hesitate. He, I don't know. On, on the flip side, Sanguinius did one shot a Warlord Titan. <laughs> That's true. Which is like I, I was mentioning, like Angron was having trouble with a Warhound, and Sanguinius is like, "Fuck this!" and just flew into the cockpit and killed it. Yeah. Uh, the, th he, the thing you see a lot with the loyalist Primarchs is that they don't want to kill their brother, whereas the Heretics really don't have that qualm. I think that gives them a bit of an edge. This still would be really close, I think. So it sounds like you're saying Fulgrim edges him out a little bit. I, I don't know how to go here. I, I feel like it's 55-45 Sanguinius. Yeah. But if we're talking about, well, I don't know, because once Fulgrim got demonically possessed, he actually got more erratic, and one could argue he was less effective. Yeah. Because like while well, the siege of Terra, he was off doing his own thing, and uh, he was possessed by that you know that thing in the painting for a little while, mm -hmm. the the keeper of secrets. I yeah, yeah, I think I give it to Sanguinius, I think, but I'm but I'm not like a thousand percent on it. Yeah, and then Demon Primarch Fulgrim killed Perdorabo. No, so so actually that's a good point. Didn't he almost kill Proterabo and then Proterabo actually killed him and that's what enabled him to have apotheosis? Yes, yes, that's right. Because like, he was, yeah, the, the, the hammer, yeah. 
Pertorabo's got a really good track record. Like, like he takes out, he, he just straight up whomped Demon Angron. He killed mm-hmm. Fulgrim to allow him to become a, a, a demon. I feel like there was something else he did against like another like pretty OP Primarch. Like he's, he's actually gets shit done, you know? <laughs> All right. So, so this looks like it's going to come down to a dice roll, Fulgrim versus Sanguinius. So you're going Fulgrim, I'm going Sanguinius. Hot, hotly contested. I, I could I could be convinced Let's, to go Sanguinius. How about how about uh, rock, paper, scissors? Because <laughs> that's what it's gonna come down to. Flip a coin. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, so we'll go rock, paper, scissors, shoot. This is great, <laughs> great television. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Uh, scissors, scissors beats uh, paper. Yeah. All right, Sanguinius advances. <laughs> Very, very scientific. Uh, but that that was a really, like any other Primark, I probably would have gone with Fulgrim. Yeah. Um, that was, I think that was the match I was most looking forward to talking about too. <laughs> um, yeah. Now you're an Emperor's Children fan. Does that hurt that he just got beaten by a, by a scissors beating a paper? Uh, you know, they're, they're so similar. I, you know, if I had to pick a loyalist, Action, it would be blood angels so Dude, my one complaint about sanguinius like i think he's cool and all i i don't have enough of him doing cool stuff in the books yeah like he kills a bunch of bloodthirsters at some point right yes all right he's he's a cool, cool guy i don't think he's gonna win but we'll see he flies around and bees pretty he, he bees pretty he has a spear and a sword um, he's he's a good dude. If I had to pick one to be friends with, that would probably be Sanguinius. All right, next up in the West, our second matchup, we've got Robute Gilliman, aka Rodent Guillotine. Rodent Guillotine. Versus Peter Turbo Perturabo of the <laughs> Iron Warriors. This is an interesting matchup. Yeah. This one gave me some pause. I mean, both master strategists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robute is really good at setting up uh, the Ultramarines uh, the 13th he's really good at setting up leaders to be really strong although mm-hmm. I think later on he, he really uses the Codex Astartes to try to micromanage uh, <laughs> Perturabo super micromanage yeah. uh, meticulous not a great leader to his guys he's, he's v- and in general he's known as the bitter one he's very mm-hmm. bitter about you know his whole upbringing his place in the Imperium everything else quite other thoughts Rabute, worth noting he did get beaten by fulgrim and poisoned that's true well demon primark fulgrim that's right demon primark fulgrim and i feel like he may have killed omegon possibly but it might have been a a double Uh, and then he went up against Demon Primarch Mortarian in the 42nd millennium. And I think I think kind of almost did okay, but wasn't really going to win by himself. Yeah. And Peter um, Turbo, we've already talked about his numerous accomplishments. Yeah, I, I gave it to Peter Turbo. Yeah. he's. I actually think Protorabo is one of the most underrated, like, gets shit done guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think I don't even think this is much of a contest. I think Gilman's good. He's not much of he's not a fighter in comparison to his brothers at the same level. Yeah, I feel I, like uh, Rodent Guillotine is kind of like 40k's Batman. Uh, you know, not not in a Conrad Kerr's way, but like if you if you give him enough preparation time, 
uh, you know, he can beat anybody, but uh, this matchup, I think, uh, was, uh, was not his best. Is, is there anyone you think uh, Mr. Guillotine would have potentially won against? Uh, yeah, you know, he's... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I mean he he lost the curves. He couldn't get curves. Mm-hmm. Maybe a pre-transformed Lorgar. But actually, they kind of did go up again. That they really hate each other. I don't know. I don't know if I like. I'd put him at not quite an F tier, but a D tier. Has he been up against in canon? Uh, well, Fulgrim, which he lost. Uh, Demon Primarch Mortarion, which he didn't do so great against, and Omegon, which he did beat. Hypothetically, it might have been Omegon. We don't know. Yeah, who didn't do so well at all. No, but I mean, they're also like half of a Primarch, so. That's, that's true. All right, Peter Turbo. I feel like Peter Turbo is going to go pretty pretty deep on this one. Yeah. All right, next matchup in the East, we've got the, the emo captain of the Primarchs, Corvus Corax, all around decent dude. Uh, just don't get him started on his emotions versus Big Daddy Horus himself. Yeah. Well... Got to go with the Warpmaster. Got to go with the Warpmaster. I almost feel like maybe we shouldn't have included Horus because it's kind of like a foregone conclusion. <laughs> what if what if Horus is not demonically charged and Corvus Corax is in his awakened state? That would be a good fight. And so in his awakened state, like, I know, and is it, do we know for sure that he's kind of demonic or is it just like a whisper or a rumor? So from I think the... The, I don't know if it's actual canon or, or fan theory that when the Primarchs were created, they were given uh, warp deities' souls. Uh, and then when they kind of realized that, they awaken and unleash their, their true ability. Because apparently they all have a Zanpakuto, and once they learn its name, they get their Bankai. Uh, and uh, Power what, level goes what? over nine thousand. Was, was that a Dragon Ball Z reference in there? <laughs> that, that was two anime what references. Is, what is a Zanpakuto? <laughs> uh, so you've never seen Bleach? No. Yeah, uh, super good. Okay. Note to self: why, I probably just lost like five viewers. <laughs> Bleach. What? What was the other one? Huh? The Zanpakuto, and then they turn into what? Oh yeah. So the Zanpakuto is the Soul Slayer sword. And every Shinigami has, has one. And then when you learn its name, so each sword has a soul, and when you learn its name, then it's called a Shikai or first release. And you get this super power, like it transforms into some crazy form. But when you train like a shit ton, all of the captains uh, have a Bankai or second release that makes them even more powerful. So Korax and Lorgar have their Bankai. There's a second release joke in there somewhere, but I'm gonna let it go. Um, all right, so Corvus's Bankai, boy, this guy, this is this is deep cuts. Is he turns into like a basically a, a super cool shadow creature, right? Yeah. So Raven, Raven of the Raven Guard can transform. <laughs> he can transform into a flock of ravens. <laughs> I think he likes ravens. Yeah. You know who his favorite wrestler is. 
It's actually joined uh, to the cloud. Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For those that don't know, there was a wrestler named Raven who was kind yeah. of emo too. Uh, all right, but Horace, do we maybe maybe the way we should think about it in our thousand simulations, there's going to be some where it's Bankai versus normal. Yeah. And I think Bankai Corvus could probably be nor normal uh, Horace. Yeah. Like Corvus and Horace. That's not confusing. <laughs> <laughs> but Hor like here's the other thing like Horus is good you don't really see him fighting much yeah he's more of a leader sort of uh so like, word? but like in the book like like a commander yeah Delegator. delegator delegator but like you don't actually see him like like you know throw bows so like we don't actually know is he as good as he says he is like show me i mean even the fight against sanguinius you know Sanguinius was pretty tired at that point. You know, he had been fighting for a while. Horus was fresh. Like but, I know, I know in 30k the rules, like Demon Horus is pretty much fucking unstoppable, but <laughs> he was made the war master. Alright. So this one goes to Horus. Okay. Horus beats Cor Horax, unfortunately, because I really like Horax. Um, I would like to see a Bankai. Corax uh, versus a Bankai curse. Yeah. So far, it's just Corax uh, and Lordar uh, fighting each other for eternity. Lordar turns into a fireball surrounded by flaming runes. Is that actually what he turns into? Yeah. Hi, welcome to 40 Cray, the podcast by a couple of 40 something dudes. <laughs> you just made us older now. <laughs> he gave us 10 years. <laughs> <laughs>